Now, I am supposed to introduce Buddha Donnie. But may I say to you that I don't want to try to take away anything from our brother. Within five minutes after he stands there, you will know him, if you don't know him already. Because he is quite capable of telling you what he wants you to know about himself. And I'm going to give him that time. But I want to say one thing uh, about uh, Brother Donnie. He loves the Lord. And I had many good meals at his home. He hasn't invited me recently. I don't know why. Thank you. Uh, but the Johnson Trio uh, was always my favorite for Calvary. Uh, and Brother Terry was the favorite soloist for me. I'm not being biased. When he opened his mouth, uh, it brought me back wherever I was wandering from, just to hear his voice. So I am going to say, receive our brother Johnson as he shares the ancient world word with us. Thank you. I'm going to get right into my messages. There's so much I have on my heart today. There's so many of you who have touched my lives over the years. So many of you have been a blessing. I know you. I know your parents. And some of you, I know your grandparents. I always tell Martha about her father. And we went back to the early, um, back in the 40s. I want to remember a few people when we started. Now, I was sort of torn between two opinions and desires when I was getting ready to talk with you this morning. One, I felt I'd get up and just give a message. I said, no, I can't do that. Because Calvary Bible Church is a foundation in my life. And um, so many people here at Calvary Bible Church who are still alive, and many, many have gone on to be with the Lord. As you know, we started in 1962. Under the leadership of Pastor Earl Wish and his wonderful wife, Violet. I always remember Brother Reese says he was pastor in Evangelist at Temple in a camp road where Glad Tidings is now. And he says he was preaching or uh, in the service. And then walked this young lady. When the Lord said, Ask your wife. Violet was a Knowles, a David Knowles' sister. I know all of the brothers and sisters, and they were Methodists, Ebenezer Methodist Church. As a matter of fact, it's funny. My dad was brethren. My mother was Anglican, so I have some Anglican in me. Okay. And they sent us to Ebenezer Sunday School. And then later... When I got older, we went to St. Matthew's. 
When we started Calvary Bible Church, you know, it was a better, sweet experience. You know, I knew that God was in it because I felt the need for an independent Bible church years before Calvary Bible Church started. When I used to talk to Brother J. Shul Thompson about it, he said, Brother Donnie, in God's time, in God's time. All of us, the core came out of Evangelistic Temple. Evangelistic Temple was a great church. I was saved when I was 13 years of age. And I was Anglican, going to St. Matthews. I was christened there, I was confirmed there, but I didn't know Jesus. My brother Hesketh, along with Ed Allen and William Nordich, was attending Emir's Bible School or Seminary in Toronto, Canada. And Hesketh was back on, during the summer, then to go back in September. And I was just 13, that same month, June 1948. And Hesketh led me to the Lord in our bedroom. I stayed in St. Matthew's, but I wasn't very happy. Nothing wasn't happening there. We had matins, we had the colic, we had the mass. But nothing about being born again. And no food, really. They've changed today. You go to some of the Anglican churches today. I mean, they're on fire for the Lord. I've known a lot of born again. Um, believers, some of the most godly people I've ever met in my life. Prayer warriors. Anyway, a good friend of mine who's a neighbor, Vernon Moses, he was the head altar boy in Sacred Heart Church on Shelley Street, a devout Roman Catholic. He came to my home early January 1949 and said, Brother Donnie, I got saved last night. I says, I don't believe it. Catholics were not allowed to go to other churches. If not, you were excommunicated, just about. He says, I want you to go to church with me tonight. I says, sure. Well, he took me up to Evangelistic Temple on Camp Road. And when I walked in the church... I said, this is where I want to be. The people there were so friendly and loving. They just about they became my brothers and sisters right away. They used to pick me up, take me to church, take me to Sunday school, take me on street meetings. We used to go to the Lazaretta. At that time, the last letter was out on Carmichael Road for the lepers. 
is to go to the hospital, to the infirmary. I would bring me to the socials, get me involved. I was in Sunday school, and um, I started to grow in the Lord. Now, Haskell wanted me to go to the brethren at God's floor, but I went around there. And let me tell you, Central was a vibrant church in those days. On Sunday night, you could hardly get anybody in the church. It was so packed. And they preached the gospel. But what happened was that they didn't, wasn't interested in a 13-year-old. I was so glad to see the kids singing and involved. Your greatest asset is your young people. I was young. I was 13 then. I'm heading towards 80, 77, like what most of you beat. I got to fast forward here because there's so much on my heart I want to say. I grew. I was under great pastors. Brother Reish was just leaving Evangelistic Temple to take up a position as pastor in Dyersburg, Tennessee. I text him from Dallas, Texas, came to be pastor, Elvis Davis. I don't see, I have Wade isn't well, is he? I was hoping to be here this morning because Wade is one that I met when I went to E.T. Wade Sands, Sadie Lowe, Readers Roberts, Lincoln Reich, Dorothea Thompson Nunes, young leaders in the church who discipled me. Brother Davis was an unusual man, a loving pastor, a great man who later went as a missionary to Africa. He's going to be with the Lord now. He took me, Betty, my sister, Terry, and all of the young people under his wing as pastor and encouraged us and helped us in our Christian growth and our Christian walk. It was in the late, I guess, 1950s. I'm fast forwarding now. I know you want to get out on time. That we were looking for a pastor for Evangelistic Temple. Um, pastor John Wilkerson was leaving. He's the one who started the camp out on Carmichael Road. I'm at Carmichael, Gladstone Road. He taught me how to play the guitar. He was a young pastor. He used to be the youth leader in for the state of Florida for the Assemblies of God. And uh, I remember Hesker saying to me, Donnie, you all need to bring Earl Reach back to the Bahamas. The Bahamas need Earl Reach. 
I was on the board. So we invited Brother Reach to come back. And he took up the pastorate at Calvary Bible Church. And um, it was a few years later that we just well know the truth. There was just a slight difference in doctrine. Uh, Brother Reese believed, and a lot of us believe, that concerning the Holy Spirit. Now, it's unfortunate that many churches are divided over the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Pastor Reese believed that there were, and it's tongues, it's usually tongues. Pastor Reese believed that there were men of God and women of God and Christians who didn't have the gift, you see, of speaking in tongues, but were filled with the Holy Spirit. And the assemblies taught that the initial evidence of being filled with the Spirit is speaking in tongues. Just a slight thing. It's a shame that we divide over small little things, but that's what happened. So he couldn't hold a license with the assemblies of God and had to give up his the pastorate. Then I know that Pastor Reese wanted to ease out of the situation very quietly. It was not probably his intent at the beginning to start a church like Calvary Bible Church. The people, the people, the core of the people, I would say 90%, wanted to keep the Reese's pastor. And what happened was that it ended up that all of the facilities belong to the centers of God anyway. And you'll find that in denominations. So we the people had already decided that they wanted to keep Brother Reach and that's how Carrie Baba Church started. That morning he gave his resignation. That evening we held our first service and Pinder salmonized and showed removal of all the cars. Frank Pinder did. And we held the first service in the showroom. The place was jam-packed. You couldn't get the people in. People were all outside. I think about 30-some people came to know the Lord at that service. Then we moved into a tent. We, Ebenezer was so gracious to us, they let us all the 
chairs so we could have service. And I think we borrowed a tent from them, an old tent. And every time the wind would blow, it would fall or it would rip apart. Brother, we had somebody in the Eastern District who knew how to use a sail needle and patch it up and we'll have church. And then eventually I think we got our own tent. And when we were building the church here, we moved out here. Now sometimes we wonder why things like that happen in life. But they do. God's purpose is for us to have unity. Now I went, you know, my foundational years really as a Christian was in the Assemblies of God and Evangelistic Temple. And uh, I went for the dedication of the new auditorium. And I went for the last service for Pastor Gary Curry, who's a dear friend of mine. I love him with all my heart. I admire him. He is impeccable as far as a pastor and a Christian is concerned. I was a youth leader, what you call it, the CA president. Christ ambassadors was the young people in church at that time. I was the CA president. Gary was the vice president. Betty was the secretary. Rita Roberts was on the board, and he represented the young people on the board of the church. We have a wonderful relationship all through those years. I went for the dedication of the church. Beautiful edifice. Beautiful place to worship God. I went for Gary's last service. And um, had a great service. I went for the installation of the new pastor, Doc, Reverend, I guess, I don't know if he's a doctor now, but Vaughn Cash. Vaughn Cash was one of our young people in this church. I taught him in Sunday school. And when I went up for the service, he saw me, threw his arms around me, he said, Oh, my father in the Lord. I think I prayed with him when he committed his life to the Lord. A great preacher. Wow. Powerful preacher. But now we have two great churches. Sometimes you've got to divide the group. I mean, they have a great church down there. They're Pentecostal. Nothing wrong with that. They love the Lord. They worship the Lord. They committed to propagating the gospel. And we have a great church here at Calvary Bible Church doing the same thing. Calvary has been very blessed to have great pastors. The foundation, no pastor being Earl Weiss. I knew Earl Weiss since I was about four or five years 
when they used to come to our home, I lived on Wolf Road, and my dad died when I was seven. And it's before that, they used to come and hold services in our home. My eldest brother was a member of the church and used to play in the orchestra with brother and sister Reesh, Winky Sims, Pastor Reesh, and others playing the bass fiddle. And we used to go, as I remember as a small child, going to Sunday school up there in Camp Road and being in around the class of Sister Drudge. A lot of you might know. There's a lot of the older people going to pass on and the younger people are not going to know. That's one of the things why you're celebrating 50th anniversary. To remember what happened and where you come from. And I celebrate your present pastor, Pastor Lee, and the committee and the board on who I was responsible, the leadership of this church, of celebrating 50 years of the God's blessing upon this church. I can't go through all, but if you've got any questions, come and ask me. Now, what defines Earl Wish is considered a great man? Sister Wish, a great woman. They were an unbelievable team. I tell you the truth. I've never come across a man of God like Brother Wish. He had a passion for the lost. I remember I was a leader in the church. Brother Wish would be up here. I'd be leading the service and he'd be wringing his hands before getting up to give the message. I've seen people stand for the invitation hymn to come forward and accept Christ. And I've seen them grip the back of the pew, the Holy Spirit moving in such power and such anointing. And these altars sometimes to be filled with people praying, coming to know the Lord, people for counseling. Many a time I was at this altar weeping before the Lord for lost men and women, boys and girls. I mentioned about Vernon Moses, my dear friend, Dr. Vernon Moses. We used to have prayer meetings. We, used to, we had a basement. We lived in Tedder Clothes. And we had a basement. Vernon, Alan Thompson, myself, we used to get down in that basement and pray for hours. They talked about praying through. We prayed little prayers today. But they talked about in those days of praying through until we get a hold of God, until the Holy Spirit of God move and win men and women, boys and girls, to our Lord Jesus Christ. But what defines and make a great man or woman like Eurytus? Is a man or woman great because he or she is rich in this world's material gains, such as money, 
real estate, stocks and bonds, or is extremely successful and have built a vast business empire? Are they great because of their scholastic and science discoveries? Is greatness measured because of men like Alexander the Great, the Caesars, those who rule the Babylonian empires and the Medo-Persian empires. Queen Victoria was queen of England. That's when they said the sun never set on the British Empire. And she was going to India as queen. And they said, well, we got queens, we got kings over there. We got to make you greater than them. So they gave her the title of Empress. You see, the world thinks about greatness in one area, and Jesus, the Word of God, talks about greatness in another. This is how the world labels one as being great. The world even labels some religious leaders as that of Muhammad, Confucius, Buddha. They even tell you that Jesus Christ was a great teacher. But they would not acknowledge Jesus as the Son of God, incarnate. The only way. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. All of these religious leaders have many good things about them, but they are not the way. The only door to heaven and the giver of eternal life is Jesus Christ. Believe it or not. The Acts, it says, there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. No other name. The Bahamas honors Bahamian legends. And I got a book that was given. My, they put my daughter in there because she started the Down Syndrome Association. Some are politicians. Some are civil servants. Some are teachers. Some are business and religious leaders. And many who have contributed to make a difference and build the Bahamas. Nothing wrong with that. That's beautiful. We need to honor people who make a difference in our country. And many people have come from outside the Bahamas and have contributed to making the Bahamas what it is today. 
Many of our schools are named after great educators. I had one. Maybe many. Donald Davis. I see the kids walking the roads here at 10 o'clock. 10.30 going to school. Man, when I was in school, when that bell rang at 9 o'clock, you better be on the line. And if you wasn't on the line and you were late, you better bring a letter from your parents stating why you're late or why you're absent. I spoke to an educator about it. They said, Don, you know, that's the way it is. I have known some great Bahamians in my life. And you know my great Bahamians are? Anybody remember Panza? Okay, Alan, you're my age. A little younger. Panza used to go to the hospital, give things out, witness to people in the hospital up and down the woods, all over the place. Some people thought he was a little out of, uh, you know, he didn't have it all there, but let me tell you. Cecil Sims, one of the greatest preachers the Bahamas produced. His brethren. Remember that? You know Cecil Sims very well from Long Island. Some of us are related to him in this congregation today. Cecil Sims was coming from Long Island on the mail boat. I think it was maybe maybe the Alice Mabel or one of the boats before that. And Panzer was out on the dock and he says, Young man, are you saved? It jolted. Cecil. Well, the Sims, and I heard this from his own mouth, said he couldn't rest. Just that. Oh, he said, are you saved? If not, you go into hell. But we don't hear too much about hell today. I'm not going to preach no fire and brimstone, okay? But there is a hell to shun. Caesar Cartwright, those words that Panther spoke to him, brought him to faith in Christ. And every time Caesar would come from Long Island, he went to the United States and all over the place preaching. I mean, never went to a seminary. Self-taught by the Holy Spirit. You know, Pastor Wish never went to a seminary. Pastor Wish was an insurance executive when God called him. His uncle Vivian was the first pastor of the church, as I can remember. Then uh, my parents telling me, and when God had a call upon. Pastor Reese's life when he was in the insurance business. It's unbelievable. Um, we cannot measure the impact that these three men have been used of the Holy Spirit 
to bring others to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. God's calling was upon Earl W. Reich long before he ended full-time ministry. You know, the church and the leaders and the elders and the pastor know when an individual in the congregation has a calling upon their lives. It's the Holy Spirit, friends. The Holy Spirit is the transformer in the church. He's the generator. He's the power. And we need to be open to him and allow him to direct our lives, to impact our lives, and to use us for the glory of God. Acts 1.8 But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you and ye shall be my witnesses unto Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. If you read Isaiah chapter 49, verse 1, Jeremiah says, and God says, I knew you. Uh, Isaiah and Jeremiah. Jeremiah 1, 5 to 8. And Isaiah 49, 1. Both Isaiah and Jeremiah. God says, I knew you before you were in the womb of your mother. In Galatians chapter 1, let me read this to you about the Apostle Paul. Galatians chapter 1, verses 15. Listen about Paul, who went about killing the Christians, imprisoning them, persecuting the church, was the enemy of the church, an enemy of God. And he wrote to the church in Galatia, saying, But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the heathen, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood, neither were I up to Jerusalem, to them which were apostles before me. But I went into Arabia and returned again unto Damascus. The apostle Paul says, even though he was a murderer, he persecuted the church. God had called him. Alan, when you was a young Boy, when we were young boys, you never knew what God had planned for you. But God knew and God saved you out of your family. And he anointed you. And I thank God that you went to one of the best seminaries 
that you could find, Dallas Theological Seminary, and train and prepare yourself for the ministry. Dr. Smith from the People's Church in Toronto, Canada. I have his book here this morning. Let me see what time it is. Wow. Got to finish. Dr. Billy Graham put the forward in this book. Oswald J. Smith, one of the greatest pastor missionaries that ever walked on the face of the earth. In the 1950s, his church was given over $2 million to missions. He went, when he was 18, up into the northern part of Canada, next to Alaska, to the missionary, to the Indians. And later, he felt that God wanted him to prepare himself to train. So he came back and went into seminary, spent six years training himself. Tried to go to different places, went to Africa, went to some of the islands of the Pacific. But his health didn't hold up. And he felt that God wanted him in the people's church and to support missions. That's why Calvary Bible Church, we pattern our missions program after the People's Church, the Faith Promise Offering. I hope all of you participate in the Faith Promise Offering. What is important? Friends, we're living in a world today where it's Difficult to preach the gospel. A lot of missionaries can't go into countries and the nations because of religion and other reasons. We need to equip ourselves and we need to be dedicated and committed. To spreading the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. I was so glad to hear your pastor say last week, we need somebody to head up evangelism in this church. That's a challenge. You've got a lot of young people. We have a lot of resources in this church. If you feel God's call upon your heart and upon your life, then rise to the occasion let your pastor know. Prepare yourself to go and spread the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. One of the greatest ways that we get to our party, it's always says, if you pray for God to send workers in the field, you usually end up going on the field yourself. 
Listen, friends. Material things, God has blessed me, God has blessed a lot of you with a lot of material things. These we will leave. I lay in bed the other night telling my wife, we need to put missions, we need to put the work of God. We already got done that, but we need to do it in a greater way. Of putting it in our wills when we die, our resources will be used to spread the gospel. I hope you have a will. I hope you have put your church or missions in your will. Brother, we should always say, you're sending up the material. Whatever you get in heaven, your mansion, you start sending it up and you're here. Another thing he used to say, there's never a perfect church. If you find a perfect church, don't join it. You remember, brother, we saying that? Because we're imperfect people. Listen, this is a time when we need to put our resources together. We need to forget about pettiness of jealousies and other things that come into the church. They tell me, Ravenhill used to say, the choir is the battleground. It's the war department. You know, see, no, I told a fire director, I told uh, Cleo Vazadi that, he said, man, give me that saying. I want you to raise yourself to the challenge. And now we're going to close. That's it. Put these notes away. I've asked Anton to sing him and close out this service and then we'll turn it over. When I dedicated my life to the Lord, this is the song. Gary, Myrtle Curry got up in their last service at E.T. And she said that's when her and Gary made her commitment. The full-time ministry. This song has a great meaning to it. You sung it. This church knows it. Um, I'll go where you want me to go, dear Lord. I'll be what you want me to be. I put Anton on the spot this morning because he had no idea. I just gave him the music. I said, you know that you think you can sing this. But friends, if you feel Jesus Christ is calling you to become a Christian this morning, to give your heart and life to the Lord, I want you to come in the back room this morning. And we're going to have someone there, counselors. I'm sure we have counselors who will meet you there. Let's go in the back room with the choir. I want you to get up from your seat. Come forward. Go in the back room. We want to pray with you. Lead you to the Lord. If you have a problem in your life this morning. And you need prayer. Oh, we need prayer. That is the power. Brother Dana can say little prayer, little power, more prayer, more power. Much prayer, much power. You'll never have any power in your life. Or in your church. Unless we learn how to pray. Anton. If you have made this commitment and want to make this commitment even again, stand with me as we sing. It may
we heard nothing else this morning and would just listen to that invitation the desire to be what you want us to be to go where you want us to go and to say what you want us to say this world will be a far better place to live Father, I pray that that is the desire of every one of us who are called by your name this morning, this morning or this afternoon. But if there are those who do not know you, Lord, I pray that even now, right where they're standing, that they will listen to that still small voice saying, come unto me. All ye that are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Father, take full control as we leave this place and bring us back safely that we might not only fellowship together, but somehow we will be reminded of what you will have us to do. Get glory for yourself. Thank you. And be with us as we leave this place. For it's in Christ's name we ask it. Amen. Amen.